I'll tell you what, I, I, I will tell you this, when, when I first started hanging around Indiana folk, coming this way because of Sierra, uh, I don't think Keaton ever would have saw himself doing that. But I will tell you, when God gets a hold of a life, I, 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 I don't think you understand, when God gets a hold of a life, this, this young man came up here to do something that he'd never done before because God urged him and, uh, and, and, and gave this and put this in his heart. And he said, now's the time. I have, I have to do something. I can't just keep this to myself. And I will, I will tell you, I'm so proud of him. And I'm so, I believe what he said is on time for the church. And it goes exactly into what I'm going to exhort you with just for a few moments, okay? I'm going to try to keep it a little more Methodist for you tonight and, and not go too Pentecostal for you. And there's nothing against the Methodists, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try to rein myself in a little bit. But what he was saying is really, in an essence, is what was happening in Haggai. Is Haggai, through the unctioning of the Holy Spirit, was saying, why everybody else was saying, well, we got this to do and we got all these things going on. What Haggai was saying is you don't understand the time that you're in. You don't understand the urgency of the hour. And I, I, I want to bring to light real quick what, what Hosea says in chapter 4 of his book in, in verse 6. He says in the first, the first part of that verse in Hosea 4, 6, he says, My people are destroyed. This is God speaking to Hosea. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. They, they, what, what that word destroyed can mean in the original language is not only can it mean destroyed, but it can mean to be dumb or silent. My people are silent because they don't know what's going on. My people are silent because they don't understand the urgency of the time that they're living in. The Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32 tells us of the sons of Issachar. And the Bible says the sons of Issachar, they were, they were special. Why? Because they knew what times were in, they were in and they knew what to do. And I want to tell you, as the body of Christ, as Keaton brought to us tonight is in Haggai, was he was saying, now is the time, if you want to see the glory of God, if you want to see His glory fill the house, if you want revival that you've talked about, if you want to see your children saved, your nieces and nephews saved, your grandchildren saved, your mother, your father, your, your grandfather, whoever it may be, if you want to see the glory of God in 2021, I want to tell you, you have to understand the urgency of the hour. There is a harvest like Brother Keaton talked about uh, that is ripe. It is ready. Uh, there are people desiring to know the goodness of God, uh, the faithfulness of God, uh, the love of God, the mercy of God. Uh, but we have to understand uh, that we are the vessels that God wants to use to bring in this harvest. Uh, but we cannot be used unless we are right with God uh, and we are right before Him and righteous in His eyes. Uh, and I want you to get this in your heart tonight uh, that there is a generation uh, that is, is up for grabs right now. Uh, we're blessed to have many young people in this church. Uh, many young adults. Uh, we, are, we are so blessed beyond measure. Uh, but I want you to know this city is full of young people. Uh, this nation is full of young people uh, thinking that their identity comes from Instagram. Uh, thinking that their friends are on TikTok. Uh, that think uh, that people really care about them if they put a, push a like 
like button up on their social media page. We have people, young people that think their identity is found in their popularity instead of founded in the word of God, in the word of truth. There are young people out there harming themselves because they feel like nobody loves them. Harming themselves because they feel like there's no hope. I want you to know there is an urgent time that we are in and it is time for the church not to disappear, not to be destroyed, not to be silent because we don't know what time it is. I want you and I want the church of America to wake up to the fact that there is still a harvest, there is still a power, there is still a Holy Ghost that wants to be used in the day and hour that we're living in and I don't know about you but I'm sick and tired of the ordinary, I'm sick and tired of just three songs you hear me scream at you and you go home and you don't live any different I tell you something has to change in my life, in your life, in the church of America we have to get our priorities right as Brother Keaton talked about but I want, to, I, want to read, I want to read you a story here very quickly, and I'm just going to paraphrase for the sake of time. The Bible gives us a story in 1 Kings chapter 3. Solomon has come to the throne in succession of his father, David. He's got big shoes to fill. David was considered the cream of the crop. David was the man. David, yes, had flaws, but David was still a man after God's own heart. David was a giant killer. David kept the Philistines at bay. David was the warrior poet. He, he was the man that could sing and worship with you, but he was also the man that, that could pull his sword out and go to work for the kingdom of God. He, 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 was, the, he was the guy, if you, if you know what I mean here. But Solomon is taking his place. Solomon is young. Solomon prays in this chapter. He says, God, uh, God visits him in a, in a dream. Uh, and God asks him, he said, I'll give you one thing. Uh, what do you want? And he said, I want wisdom. Uh, I don't know how to rule these people. I'm young. Uh, I don't know what to do. So God gives him wisdom. Uh, and we find in verse 16 that his wisdom, uh, this God-given wisdom is put to the test. Uh, and there are two harlots, uh, two, two harlots that come to, into his court for judgment. Uh, and, and this one harlot, harlot uh, comes up and begins to, to speak and she says, listen, uh, uh, I, I live in the house with this woman. Uh, we live together uh, and, and it's just us in the house. Uh, and, and, a, and a few days ago, uh, I gave birth to a son and then three days later, she gave birth to a son. And in the middle of the night, uh, she rolled over and smothered her child and killed her and killed him. And in the middle of the night, uh, she gave me the dead child uh, and she took my child that was alive. I woke up. I realized that something wasn't right. Uh, that this wasn't my child. This wasn't the one uh, that, I, that I have given birth to. Uh, and then I realized what happened. So we're here today uh, because she uh, is saying the living child is hers, uh, but it's mine. I want you to know real quick uh, that there, the, the Bible tells us, even in, a, in a Hosea again, uh, the Bible tells us uh, this is God speaking to his people. Uh, he said, pretty much you played the harlot. Uh, the, the church uh, of America, we, we, have, we have been like the world. We've acted 
acted like the world. We've danced like the world. Uh, we, we, I, I, we, we got pastors uh, posting stuff on TikTok, uh, doing provocative things. Uh, oh, because it's cool and we want to be relevant. Uh, and we want all these young people to love us and like us. Uh, and, and we have uh, pastors uh, accepting things that aren't biblical. Uh, we have churches saying, oh, well, you can do this, you can do that. Uh, we don't care if you go get uh, drunk on the weekend. We don't care if you do all these things. Uh, you can just come in and say a few prayers and act like everything's okay. Uh, and you can just live and waller in the sin uh, and just come and get a little blessing, get a little goosebumps, get a little encouragement. Uh, listen, I know pastors uh, that won't even consider themselves pastors anymore. Uh, they're just motivational speakers. Uh, and God told Hosea, he said, listen, uh, the, the, my children, my people uh, are playing the harlot. Uh, they're whoring around. Uh, they're sleeping with the enemy. Uh, they're involved in idolatry. Uh, they're involved in dark magic and witchcraft. Uh, and the church has accepted all these things in America. And yet uh, the world is still the harlot. Uh, the world is out there killing uh, and destroying everything that it can. Uh, and the church is trying to become like the world. Uh, I'm going to bring all this together for you because I want you to realize what time we're in. Uh, what, what's going on is the world is continually to kill a generation. Uh, there, the, there was one harlot uh, that smothered uh, her baby. Uh, how many knows that America is still the leading country for abortion uh, in the world? Uh, where literally, the world is literally killing a generation uh, without giving them the chance to breathe, uh, without giving them the chance to live, uh, without giving them chance to preach, uh, to sing, uh, to teach, uh, to make their decisions. Uh, they're literally killing another generation, a whole generation. Uh, but what is happening? Uh, what happened in this story is exactly what's happening in the church age that we're living in. The enemy is trying to take, yes, the church The church played the harlot. The church had issues. The church is still working through their issues. But there's a little bit of life left. And what the enemy has come and he's tried to do is take what is not his, take the life away from the church, take a generation out of the church and tell them, well, you don't need that. You don't need those songs. You don't need that preacher. You don't need your family. You just go out and do whatever makes you happy regardless of the side effects, regardless of who it affects, regardless of what it does to your body. And the enemy has come like a thief in the night just like this harlot did to this other woman and tried to take what little life was left. But there was something inside that woman and I believe there's something inside of the church that will say, I'm not letting you get away with this. You're not taking in this generation. You're not taking my nation. You're not taking my city. I will not put up with this. And what is going on is she realized the urgency of the hour. I've got to go to the king. I've got to get this addressed. I've got to get this made right. And what happened is they walk into Solomon's court. They tell him the story. And he says, well, you say the baby's yours. You say the baby's yours. He said, get me a sword. Get me a sword. They hand him a sword. He holds that baby up and he says, divide that baby. Cut that baby in half. Let, let him die. Give one half to one lady. Give one half to the other lady. You say, oh, that sounds awful. But what the king was saying is, who wants this child? And what God is saying in the spirit today is who wants this generation? Who's willing to die for them? Who's willing to pray for them? Who's willing to encourage them? Who's willing to lift them up, uh, who's willing to stand in the gap uh, and say, no, you're not.
not taking my babies up. You're not taking these young people up. Depression, you can't have them. Anxiety, you can't have them. Fear, you can't have them. Suicide, you can't have them. Where are the parents? Where is the church that says, I want them. I want them. You bring me the prostitute. You bring me the drug addict. You bring me the homosexual, whatever it is. I'm going to show them the goodness and the mercy of God. I feel the spirit in this house. Uh, I want you to realize he's holding up uh, a generation that says, who wants them? Uh, oh, does the world want them? Uh, or does the church want them? Uh, who wants them? Uh, and when he began to do that, uh, raise up that child, said, give me a sword, cut the baby in half. Uh, the world was saying, go ahead, uh, cut them in half. Uh, divide them, uh, divide them, deceive them, uh, destroy them. Uh, that's what the world would love to do this generation. Uh, but that woman's up. She said, no, don't you kill this generation. Let them live. Let them live. Do not divide them. Do not destroy them. Let them live. And God, the, the symbolic of the King Solomon, Solomon says, listen, that's your mother. That's the one that will disciple them. That's the one that will love them unconditionally. That's the one when they mess up, they won't push them out. They'll go and hug them and say, it's okay, baby. We're going to get through this. That's the one. That's the church that will say, we want them. No matter what it looks like, no matter what they go through, we want them. They'll come to the music, please. He said, that's the mother. That's the real one. That's the one that wants this generation. That's the one that wants this child. But church... We have to realize what's going on right now is the enemy's trying to take what life is left. Brother Ethan, what, 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 what the world would love more than anything, what the enemy would love more than anything is to take you right out the church. Brother Caden, what the enemy would love more than anything is to take you right out the church. What this world and the enemy would love to do is exactly what we preached about a few Sundays ago is to tell you, don't even try. Don't even try to overcome. You can't do it. Don't even try. church, we have to understand as parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, spiritual mothers and fathers in this house, you have to realize what this woman understood is something's wrong here. Because so often you know what we do, Brother Larry? In the church of America is life is good, the excitement, the passion is good but when obstacles come things get switched around and we have a dead service and we pray and nothing happens and we pray and it feels like we're hitting a brick wall when we're given the dead things 
we're okay with it. But not this mama. Not in this story. She looked at the dead thing. She said, this is something right here. This is not how it's supposed to be. So I ask you, parents, I want to ask you young people. You can make or break a service. You can make or break an atmosphere. Are you going to look at the dead thing and say, well, this is, this is just what I've been dealt. Are you going to look at that thing and say, something ain't right here. And that woman of God said, I know, I know what time it is. It's time to go to the king. And we're going to settle this thing once and for all. Who wants them? Young people, if you will, come up here. I want you to stand in a straight line. I want you to face the congregation and we're, we're, going, to, we're going to be done. Thank God for these young people. Thank God. Thank God for these young people. Who wants them? What's crazy is many of them grow up in God-fearing, God-loving homes. And what's crazy is God will still come to them and say, you're not wanted. Or, or the enemy will still come to them and say, you're not wanted. You're not desired. The enemy will come to them and say, there's no hope. You'll never get over this. Raised in God-fearing, God-loving, parents love them acknowledge them, spend time with them, and the enemy will still come and try to steal the life. But as elders in this house, as a pastor of this house, I'll tell you, I, I can speak for this pastor. I'm going to speak for this one as well. We don't just pray for these young people because it's what we're supposed to do but it's because we want them. Because God wants them. And every day, these young people are being brought before the world and the church and saying, the offer stands. Who wants them? Who's going to encourage him? Who's going to fight for him? Who's going to love on him? When the enemy comes, who's going to stand there and say, don't you listen to that lie? Don't you accept that junk? Who's the one that wants life? This church does. This church loves these young people. And I want you to know this tonight. I, I encourage you to continue to support these young people. Why? Because they're going to be generations. They're going to be a generation that's going to see a glory fill the house that we'll never see. They're young people that are going to operate in an anointing that I may never know, but I'm okay with that. Why? Because I want it to go from glory to glory and go greater to greater and higher and higher. I don't want things to be as they always are. 
or as they always were. I want this generation to exceed expectation. Who wants them? Who wants them? Know the time. They're fighting for their lives. They're, they're, I mean, they're good. They're, they're good. They're tough. They'll come in here, smile, worship, act like everything's okay. But on the inside, they have been defeated all day long. Pushed down all day long. Where's the mamas that will say, we're going to the king? Where's the fathers that say, we're going to the king? We're not living in this dead stuff. You're mine. God gave you to me. Church, God gave these young people to us. Why? Not, not because we're so special. Not because, because we're a church that will love them and say, let's go. Keep going. Keep climbing. Realize the time that we're in. Let's not be silent. Let's get our priorities right. Let's begin to build the house of the Lord. Let's begin to use these young people to build the house of the Lord. And we're going to see the glory fall together. How about that? If you would tonight, I want you to stand to, to your feet. Parents across this house. You're going to reach your hands this way and we're going to pray for each and every one of these young people. I know we did this a few Wednesdays ago, but I don't care. I'll just do whatever God tells me to do, okay? So I'm going to ask you one question. And all I want you to do is say, I do. Okay? Who wants them? Who wants them? Who wants them? Who will be there for them? Say, I will. Who will, who will comfort them? Who will support them? Let's see the glory of God fill this house. Reach your hands this way. I want you to begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, a matchless, a powerful name of Jesus, I rebuke every hindrance, every lie of the enemy. And God, I thank you that this house is getting in order. I thank you that my life is getting in order. And God, we're going to begin to build because now's the time. Now's the time to build. Now's the time to see things change. Now's the time to see the outpouring of God's spirit. Now's the time to live in revival and not just talk about about it. But God, I believe that these young people are going to be instruments of your glory, instruments of your power, that God, you're going to use each and every one of them, each and every one of them to tear down strongholds, to take back cities, to take back communities, to take back friends and family members. God, I believe that yes, things look impossible, but you're going to use them to do the impossible in the name of Jesus. God, we want them. We desire to encourage them. We desire to lift up the life in them. Lord, we're not stopping where we are now, but we're going forward. We're going for greater. We're pursuing more. Why? Not just for us, but for these young people. God, we want them. I don't want to see another one slip through the cracks. God, we want them. They're called. They're chosen. I ask right now, God, every lie, every lie, every lie, Lord God, let them realize what your word says. Let them realize what your word says. You're fighting for them. Lord, when they can't call on anybody else, they can call on you. Let them know they're loved. 
They're loved in this church. Let them know they're desired and wanted in this church. God used them to shake the foundations. Lord, and I praise you. I praise you and I thank you for in advance for what they're going to be, what, the, what you're making them to be and what they're going to do for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a shout and a hand clap of praise tonight? Hey everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just uh, am so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.